Happy New Year! It's 2021 and this is the Burning Eye podcast. I'm your host and editor of Burning Eye Books, Bridget Hart. Um, I'm very, very excited today um, to be carrying on the interviews from um, our authors of 2020 um, and to be joined on this um, sort of sunny but also rainy, it can't decide whether today. Um, I'm joined by the wonderful Pauline Seawards. Hi, Pauline. Hi, Bridget. How are you doing? I'm okay. I went for a walk. Um, it's kind of like you say, like kind of sunny, but also really cold. I went for a walk and it was beautiful, but I um, ended up really tired and I just had a little nap. But I am, I promise you, I am awake now. <laughs> You're just saying before, like how magical afternoon naps are. Um, and everyone's always telling me to get in on the afternoon nap. Um, but I've yet to discover it's magic. So, we'll, yeah, it's we'll... definitely magical. I've discovered. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pauline, um, your book Spirograph came out with us in September in 2020. Um, the the I'm not sure how the history books will remember 2020, but I hope it remembers our poetry books. <laughs> so, you, um, so you, so um, you obviously. Um, in the later part of 2020, still decided to go ahead with the book release. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel the pandemic affected uh, the release of your book for you? Was there any like particular setbacks? Um, I think there were two things. I was due to submit it, uh, the manuscript, right at the beginning, um, and I perhaps submitted it. Um, you know, it just really made me accelerate everything. Mm. It was almost ready anyway, but just that last couple of weeks, I got it in a little bit early. I just had this sense of, oh, what is going to happen? Kind of um, just just do it. Um, and that sounds... And I was... Uh, I mean, I suppose the big thing that I want to mention, first of all, is I know how ill Clive was right through the whole process yeah and um that was such a huge thing and of course no one would have um known that somebody contracting Covid right at the beginning would um continue to be ill you know I think he has or has had long Covid yeah and I was kind of educated about that through you know, through his posts and correspondence. And looking back, when the book actually did um, did get published in September, I just, you know, I just kind of really think what a huge enterprise it was for you and Clive to publish. I think it was 15 books yeah. throughout the year. You know, it's just amazing with those pressures going on. Um, so for me, by the time it got to the actual um, publication and book launch, I was just really grateful for two things. One was to have the book launch um, back in Bristol in my house with my two sort of best friends and have a little um, kind of talking party for the book launch. And that felt really special. Um, 
you know, it probably wouldn't make a difference to anybody seeing the virtual event that we were all in the same room together, but it was really lovely. And then later on in, I think it's about November, um, a friend, Lisa Kelly, organised a live gig. And that was six people in the Torriano, which is a little meeting room in North London. And there could only be six of us because of the rules. Yeah. And we all read um, poems and, you know, I read a bit longer because it was actually also kind of mini book launch. And we all had masks and took pictures and very distant pictures. Like yeah. shy lens or something and that just felt very special that we were able to meet and it was absolutely very secure you know as, as as covid secure as people going to work but it also felt very kind of clandestine and underground somehow um yeah i definitely get the sense that we've really gone back into our diy element um in the pandemic of artists mm. and performers scrabbling around to be like okay well how can i how can i make the most out of this how can i use this room or this space or how can i use this yeah. technology to to push what i want and that's given a lot of people uh, artistic autonomy in that way um and i remember when you were doing that gig in london and there was only a few of you that felt like almost revolutionary um it felt almost like um an illegal book reading <laughs> it did <laughs> it was um not that it was illegal at the time because it was totally Hello. illegal to do that but it, it, it had that sort of secretive um you know secret club vibe to it which i love um and also mm. your book launch as well was um a particular favorite of mine partly because you were able to have you know you had pauline um sorry you had helen there um you know, familiar Bristol uh, poetry days, but you also had your daughter there um, who came on and did some music. And out of all of the poetry launches that we did, you were the only one that had a musician to come in and do music. And I thought it just worked really well. Yeah, I really wanted um, Roxy to uh, be part of it. I think right at the beginning of the lockdowns, she was involved in some music gigs where everybody played virtually and that probably set the seed of the idea yeah um, you know maybe she would have come to one in real life but it was just so lovely and I think um yeah I was sort of aware of that innovation through musicians as well through people setting up things and yeah, that was beautiful, a beautiful moment. She sang a lovely, lovely songs. Yeah. But also, um, as you say, people have had to be really innovative. There's all sorts of different ways that people have done Zoom meetings and Instagram meetings for events. And I'm kind of really grateful for that. I've been able to get involved um, in lots of events that I wouldn't have been part of otherwise yeah uh, I think that is also uh, very true for us as well being able to put on burning eye events and it not being a logistic nightmare of trying to get poets mm -hmm. from all around the country into the same place on very little money 
Um, mm. it, you know, it's been nice to be like, you're all from, from different pl- from different places, but we can offer you um, a gig because it's online. Um, so obviously we had you and Rick and Cynthia at our um, Bristol Literature Festival event. Oh yeah, that was so lovely. Which was really nice to have all three of you there because we had obviously planned to do a live event where that would have been the case anyway. Um, so it was really nice to be able to offer you, the three of you, um, still offer you the gig. Um, Bristol yeah. Literature Festival was so good at um, accommodating um, that. And I think it was really nice to have you there because you're such a staple of the Bristol poetry scene, whether you're in Bristol or not. I think a lot of people <laughs> will associate you more with the Bristol poetry scene mm. than any other. Um, and I, I met you originally because you, um, you and Helen do... Um, satellite of love um which you book you have booked loads of poets for you booked me for in the early days when i moved to bristol which was really nice um and i just sort of wanted to talk a little bit about that historical aspect of of bristol's poetry about satellite of love and what that was born out of and and how you created that space okay i'd be great to talk about that um i just want to say that that book launch with um Rick and Cynthia that was one of my favorites too that was lovely and it did feel as if we were somehow in the same room although we weren't yeah (laughs) I've been to a lot of the uh, burning eye launches last year and I would never have been able to go to such thing all such things in real life so that was great you know, you feel very close, feel you're sort of getting in inside the books. But yeah, Satellite would have um, been going like five years as last December. We haven't as yet carried it on virtually, but it was a good solid four years and a bit that it was um, happening. And it's just kind of paused at the moment. It's still, yeah. still very much beating um and it was uh it started with um a friend of um myself and stella um suggested that we do something and we were like oh yeah yeah we'll do we will we will and um you know and then eventually we got it started and then helen very quickly joined And she was kind of like our poet in residence at first. And then she kind of created the role and created the open mic aspect, which has really taken off. But we had a sort of regular set thing of having two feature poets and open mic. And Helen also had lots of wonderful aspects that I must give her credit for which was um, people reading poems in their mother tongue and something called um, a community poem where people wrote lines of poetry during the interval but of the event but I think one of the things about the event it was very much tied uh, in with the venue which was upstairs at the Green Bank which is a kind of community pub it was going to be closed down and the community bought it out and uh, lots of events happen there like yoga sticks in mind and 
various things that you might not normally find in a pub. Yeah. Um, One of the first gigs that I ever did in Bristol was to help Polly Moyer put on um, her last ever gig that she would put on upstairs at the Green Bank. And um, it was uh, Speech Painter and Steve Tussain and Joelle Taylor and Patience. And um, it was an amazing gig. It was like my first gig that I went to in Bristol. And I remember you being there. Um, And then I remember going to Satellite of Love shortly after that and feeling that continuation of that quite, you know, old school spoken word scene that's very much rooted in uplifting the community around it. You know, Mm. Satellite of Love is one of the only poetry nights I've been to where they do a whip around for refugees in the break or um, mm. someone comes along, a representative comes along from a group to talk about what they do and if anyone can volunteer any time or anything. And I love that about it. I think it has real grassroots um, linkage um, mm. and it's a treasure like that. I think Stella um, brought that in particularly. I mean, we all wanted it to be for that purpose, to raise money um, for... Um, charities supporting refugees and Stella has lots of links um community wise and she was uh, you know knew a lot of people personally who she brought in but um to do those talks and that was a that is a really important part of it and it you know also it is a beautiful venue it's a bit of a you know it's not accessible um yeah that's the only thing about it isn't it it's not so many yeah (laughs) but we did do a big event a big fundraising event i can't remember which year it was but in the summer we managed to get the arnolfini one of the rooms in the arnolfini so of course that was really accessible amazing we had a lot of poets reading there Uh, it's kind of a sponsored wordathon which was uh quite hard to arrange because you know like logistical um Mm. difficulties of just getting all those people there but it was such fun it was really good and there are plans to sort of organize more kind of events away from that uh set format but i just want to say like in bristol like probably before you moved to bristol um there was a long-running event um, called Acoustic Night. And I think when I met, I met Helen Shepherd like many, many years ago, and she said, oh, are you going to come to Acoustic Night to see me read a poem? And I mean, at that time, the idea of actually going to an open mic and reading a poem was absolutely um, not something I'd do, really. Mm-hmm. But it was really nice to go and... Um, see Helen Reed and also go to that night which was it used to be in the King Charles and it was at various venues in Stokes Croft and it was run by Hazel um, and Andy in the end they were the people who kept it running and it was amazing there were so many poets there who've gone on to make their own nights and also musicians um you know like DIY scene musicians as well you know Bristol is such a kind of fervent of culture really it's so 
so good yeah I feel like we've lost that a little bit in Bristol and it's become more commercialized mm -hmm. in terms of the nights being much more formulaic and having big names now and um mm -hmm. less about like the DIY kind of pay what you feel local community yeah. um aspect to it which I which that's why I love Satellite of Love so much because it's really stayed true to those roots in what it does mm -hmm. um and I, I just wanted to to then segue onto the poems themselves in Spirograph because obviously you've got a lot of poems in there about Bristol um and being around Bristol at different times um and obviously Bristol is one of the most um, quickly gentrifying places in the UK at the moment. And so even the poems in your book, some of these places that you're talking about don't exist anymore. Mm. Um, so it's really interesting to, to trace Bristol's history through your poems in that way. Oh, yeah, I'm glad, um, I'm glad you were here before it started changing. Um, yeah, it was definitely good to see you know the real but you know like going up stokes croft and yeah. like like actual independent venues there rather than it being owned by um one guy <laughs> and yeah. you know the you know the carriage works was there and and obviously that's gone now um and it's changed really really quickly um yeah. so i love the fact that poetry that poetry about bristol exists and it, it, it immortalizes those spaces that were and continue to be really important to the the DIY community of all kinds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was really, you know, I'm really lucky because my son was also a bit involved in that community many years ago, and he used to put on gigs, um, and he had a record label called Stitch Stitch, and he put on little gigs. And one of the people he put on is like. Um, well, you know, quite a few people have kind of gone on to have careers and uh, it's not kind of, I think the measure of the, the thing is the music, you know, the wonder of those little gigs that I'd sometimes be invited to in little basements in Stokes Croft and further up. I remember there was one gig, it started off right at the top of Gloucester Road and then for some reason it had to carry on um in the basement of the here shop so everybody like walked down the street to it yeah and it was kind of a, a multi-generational thing because my daughter was part of it and she was quite young at the time and her friends were there but they had kind of invited me and a friend as well and it was um you know there were some lovely bands in bristol like a band called Movie Tone and Crescent and a particular, you know, there's particular kind of sounds that I think of, you know, maybe sort of more the heavier sounds like belly and the more kind of lyrical sounds like Movie Tone. And I just, yeah. uh, oh, I don't know, you know, when people from the outside think about Bristol, um, music they might think of certain things that are more famous but yeah. I you know and I feel like it sounds like I'm getting off the point but I think um you know music and poetry scenes are quite entangled together in yeah, places absolutely. and it's a, yeah 
Yeah, I think I've been, you're a musician as well as a poet, aren't you? Yeah, I've been in bands. You know, I started cutting my teeth doing poetry at punk shows, which mm. gave me a very thick skin. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I've, you know, coming up through that side of thing, I feel like it's really important to to have different different communities that bleed into each other for you for you you know as a mm. as a person you know how how can you just in some respects how can you just be a poet because where do you get your inspo from if you're you know yeah. just in the poetry scene and you're just um saturated by other people's poems that like you need to have that lived experience a little bit sometimes and a lot of my poetry was rooted in inequality in music which is how I ended up um, you know, uh, finding Roxy in all of that stuff, and then obviously finding out that, that you and Roxy are related. So that was all just <laughs> a lovely, like, full circle moment. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, like I think it, it's, it was a real pleasure to to put Spirograph out for you because Clive and I we love to support the local community whilst also having a bit of separation from it. I think that's quite important for us. Um, mm. But we 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 take note of what's going on around us and and who's you know a big thing for us as well as poetry is people that care about the community and are also helping it to thrive and lift other people up that's an an, an important aspect of why we want to publish someone and i think that you have done that really well and you continue to be somebody that continues to lift up people through your poems um and also through the work that you do in the community you know Oh, I do miss the sort of live events or um, different events. You know, it's a, mm. just a different, a different way of doing things. Yeah, I know moment. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I think this this the start of this year, I've really been um, missing socialising, and I'm a bit of a loner, and I like to just do my own thing most of the time. But mm. I've really started to miss it now um, that we're that we're I think it's just a long blue January really isn't it <laughs> yeah I mean the texture of things is changing isn't it I mean yeah. hope you know things will get more hopeful and things and we will all get together somehow in the spring I'm sure but yeah. um yep um you know I think looking you know everyone's trying to be positive and look at the positives and lots of the positive things well I think everything that's positive we could have achieved without coronavirus actually but it has given us this kind of slant way of looking at things and a way of having to do things but it does get quite hard um, you know being positive all the time and having to kind of work on that and you know like you I'm quite a um you know i do like my own company i can be quite resourceful of that but yeah i just want to to be in a room full of people yeah i i don't know about you but i've been having some dreams recently where i've been at house parties and then i keep waking up feeling really guilty about <laughs> being at a house party and not wearing a mask and then thinking I know it's a dream there's you know there's you're not in lockdown in your dream it's fine <laughs> mm. yeah I've had something similar um you know where I've touched someone in a dream it's like oh no I know it's such a weird thing isn't it yeah I don't know but um I think like poetry is a really good um therapy for that and I think a lot of people oh, have yeah. engaged and I think that's what's kept burning eye going the last year is that people are engaging with poetry because it creates a sense of comfort for them and familiarity 
Mm. Um, and being able to do gigs as poets, we're quite lucky because we don't have a lot of equipment. It's just us and our voices a lot of the time. Um, yeah. So, so that's been really good. So obviously that's why we decided to keep going with our publishing schedule um, and keep going with all of the books. And I think everyone has done tremendously well um, at, you know, selling their books without, without the physical gigs. Um, and I know that you have done a couple of interviews. I read um, your interview that you did with Fran Locke. Oh, I was so happy to do that. Fran sent me some um, fantastic questions. I, I don't know if they're printed in full in the interview, but such thoughtful questions. And I felt I really had to, to um, you know, go on a journey to answer them. And mm. uh, she just made me, I love, um, you know, Fran Locke is such a, an, a good poet I mean she's one of my favorites but I also yeah one of mine her. too yeah yeah and so I that was a really I'm gonna I, sorry I'm gonna link the interview um in the in the text of this episode when it goes out so people can have a look and oh that's great I really want people to read it yeah it's a great um, interview um I think obviously you guys have worked together before on your culture matters anthology was it women at work or something um yeah it was women workers and witches yeah a great um, anthology i really loved it and fran's yeah. introduction into that was yes. really good i love it such a good example of um anti-capitalist feminism i was really into it <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's such a good writer she writes so well politically um yeah that was one of the highlights of, of like the the book oh you know just thank you really no but i, I you know thank you you did all the work you know you put the work in and 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 you did it and it's a beautiful book and it's got some of uh some of your your great poems in there that have been featured in things like the culture matters um and you did um an edit for magma like i think you've just been really just getting on with it and that's really cool it's opened up a lot of things you know I did a, um, an interview on Resonance FM which was very exciting oh yeah that was good and um, good fun and I also interviewed um, Jude the interviewer I interviewed her in turn for Artlist and then another uh, another couple of things more well there's a thing more Bristol based which is Echoes and Edges which is a collaboration of like music and and words you send your poems in mm. and they um live improvs and music amazing and so lovely i think yeah. they're all, they've got one on saturday i haven't got one of my poems in it um but i did like a couple of months back and okay. i also met a online i met a, some collaborators um called black swan and robin Oh yeah, I know them. Yeah, yeah, they work with people, and uh, we did a collaborative. It's like an online meeting, and we um, made some collaborative work, but which felt really special. Yeah, really, they really created a great space in that. Yeah, um, I really like what they do. What they do is very um, unique and DIY and I really like it yeah so I'll, I didn't realize that you had done a collab with them I'll have to check it out yes yeah, um, 
it's quite a short poem, a couple of poems, but it was, um, you know, I was really glad to have met them. And I don't think, you know, in, in the ether world, I don't think I would have met them if it hadn't been for the book. Mm. I mean, I always think of poems as little tickets that are going to make some kind of adventure happen because, you know, we used to go to open mics and read out and, you know, yeah. you know who you might meet or what you would then go and see and hear as a result of that. And the yeah. same thing happens, um, you know, in the world we're in. Yeah, absolutely. Great thing. Yeah, that's really well said. Um, Pauline, would you uh, like to read a poem for us from your collection? Yeah, I'm really happy to. Um, I the, want you yeah. to read whatever you're in the mood for today. <laughs> yeah, um, I was just going to say, I mean, there are some kinds of, um, a lot of the poems are about my work. Um, but I'm going to read probably my favourite one to read from the book. It's kind of Roxy's favorite one as well Great. and it links in with what we were talking about about spaces in bristol um, and the joy of performance really so this is called uh, mother's day at roll for the soul we don't know each other but our young people are intimates they have held each other's hair and shared cubicles we can never enter. But at one time or another, we've all given sofa space to each other's. Being a confident, heard stories we'll never retell. We meet for the first time on this day when we are invited to share the pinnacle of their lives. One mum wears skinny, jeans, skinny denim and multiple badges. I don't realise she's dressed up for the occasion and thinks she always looks this way. The other, like me, shows her nerves and fizzing excitement. She drinks too much coffee. I gulp beer from a bottle, keen to look as cool as a middle-aged mum in an indie cafe can be. When the time comes for our performance, it's so tender. The way each young person beckons us to shadow them. Drummer, keyboards, vocals. We occupy our stations as obedient as children. And when we take it from the top of the feminist anthem, we joyously settle scores with our raised voices. In the future, the cafe goes dark. There are geographical and musical differences, and we may never again be together in the same room, in the same city. But it will always be true that we were on the guest list, sharing the stage, shouting, I will destroy you and feeling creative and free. Yeah! <laughs> I love that poem. I spent a lot of time in Roll for the Soul before it, it went. Oh, it was a lovely place, wasn't yeah, it? It was kind yeah. of a sister cafe to 
Cafe Kino, that's how they described themselves. And it was right in the centre of Bristol. Yeah, yeah, right in the centre of Bristol. Um, really good food. They had a bike workshop upstairs. Um, mm. You know, when I moved to Bristol, I was so excited about all of these um, independent little punk venues because I'd come from a town where we didn't have any of that. And um, Roll for the Soul was a magical place. I saw some of my favourite bands played there. My band played there. Um, and I think you captured it really well, that line about um, someone's drinking coffee, but you're going to drink a beer because you could at Roll for the Soul, you know, you could have an evening gig and you were like, no, I'm just going to have a cup of coffee. Yeah, 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 it worked both ways, didn't it? It yeah. was so lovely. It was that, really accessible that for everybody. Yeah, it was so nice. Um, and thank you for sharing that poem um, and for having a chat with me today about your book um, and all the things that you've been doing. Um, I'm really um oh. excited for more people to read your book and for the world to open again so that we can see you perform and you know give you all the love and congratulations that you deserve oh thank you and i'm really excited that helen helen who's part of satellite her book's coming out later in the year with burning eye Woo! Yeah. so good it's gonna Amazing. be great. so much to look forward to yeah, lots to look forward to. And your um, book's and coming to... out, isn't it, sometime? Is it to do with Greece? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, my little um, collection of, of Greece poems is coming out soon. Ooh, I'm just going like, to take the plunge with it. Like, you know, a lot of poets will know, uh, listening to this, that sometimes I feel like I've just been sitting on it for too long and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to write anymore. I think I should just put it out in the world like this. <laughs> <laughs> in the world in the oh, world lovely to chat to you really nice to chat to you pauline um i hope you have a lovely rest of your day and um afternoon naps in the future i think you know <laughs> yeah thanks very much bridget <laughs>